Well, back with another edition of our Preps podcast. This is Kyle Neddenrip, and uh, joined today, special guest is my boss, Matt Glenesk, and uh, he's... Glad to be back. He's yeah. about to... We're go. about to do your review right now, actually, your <laughs> annual review. We're going to do a podcast Greatest style. boss I've ever had. Oh, see? There well, you there go. That's go. perfect. You get a raise. <laughs> Done. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about... I want to get into a little bit about some of the uh, the transfer situations that were not even transferred, but but decommitment as we get into you know, coach firing and hiring season in college basketball. It's affected some of the players that that we cover, and uh, want to talk about that, and also get into to kind of a, a little bit of a season wrap up. Some of the stuff I've written about this week, uh, you know, the A to Z column I do every year. And Are we then, announcing Mr. Basketball right now on the podcast? I guess too? we could. Yeah, is that what we're doing? <laughs> I've got the jersey, everything. Where no, let's not do that. We okay. don't even know the finalists yet. So, oh. um, yes, we do. We'll, we'll get into that here pretty soon. But, uh, but no, there, there's a lot of stuff to, to kind of touch on, and, and just wanted to, to kind of do that now in this podcast. And obviously, you, you follow this stuff. You're not actually at the games most of the time. But, no, but thank you for reminding me that you, I'm stuck you, in the newsroom every Friday and Saturday nights. So. But I know you follow it closely still. I so. do. I have to. It's part of my job. <laughs> but what you know, I, what. What did, what was your takeaway, kind of from afar, watching the the state finals? You know, the the I thought throughout the season, this was one of the best years I thought for Mick basketball, and it kind of turned out that way again with with Carmel and Ben Davis. Playing I mean, look, each other. But, but you talk about the Mick. I mean, look at Center Grove. Look how far they got, and they finished in the last place in the regular season in the Mick. Second um, to last. Second to last. Sorry. See, that's why you're here. <laughs> um, but Lawrence Central, you know, number three team in the state, number two team in the state most of the year. Um, I mean, that sectional, obviously, sectional 10, is that right? Mm-hmm. Was, was ridiculous, as always. Um, but, you know, the Mick was, was just fantastic. And, I I mean, when you looked at Carmel all year, you know, they were just steady. You know, nothing spectacular about them, but they were just a really steady team. Uh, and I don't think anyone was really surprised. I don't think anyone was surprised to see them in the state finals. I know there's a, some folks up on the north end of the state who hate t- to see Carmel you know, on their side of the bracket. Yeah. Um, and then there's people, you know, on the south part of the bracket who think Carmel kind of has a cakewalk every year to the state finals. Um, but, but Carmel was the number one team in the state pretty much all season long. So to, to say that they, you know, they also won the Mick. Uh, they didn't lose a game in the Mick. So to say that they wouldn't have made the state finals if they were on the southern part of the bracket, you know, I think is disingenuous. I think they were they were truly the best team in the state this year. I think it's different than football. You know, football, I think last year you could have looked at it and say, you know, Carmel, maybe not. They were up there, but but they did benefit from the route of the of the, you know, making it to the state finals in football. I don't think you can argue that basketball. I think this team it, we knew from the start when they lost last year to Warren Central in the state finals. You know, there was immediately a chip on their shoulder uh, to make it back to that point. And they had such a good senior class. And you know, and say what you will about uh, Karsten Wendland. I mean, he was he was a guy. I like him. I, yeah, I talk I, about it all the time. Yeah, he's you know, he's, he's great. He's, he's great. a fun player to watch. He's a really fun player to watch. He is, and I know he gets under the skin of the opposition. But I thought he gave them kind of an edge. Luke Hetty, you know, one of the toughest kids you'll ever ever see. And then, you, of course, John Michael Malloy's been doing this since his freshman year. Just a really good team. Andrew Owens. Yeah, Andrew Owens is a really um, good player as well. He knocked down open shots all the time. So I thought from from start to finish. You know, that was the best team. I, I did think we would have saw Lauren Central be playing in the state finals last weekend. And kind of the big surprise of the tournament was Ben Davis upsetting them and, and then making it, making that run. And, you know, one of the kids who led that run was Jalen Wyndham. And now, you know, the news comes out yesterday. And I talked to him over the weekend on Sunday, and he said, I'm going to let it, you know, Ron Hunter had been fired, or not fired, but he left for the Tulane job, uh, left Georgia State. 
that kind of opened things up for Jalen. He said he's going to take a couple of days, and then yesterday uh, let me know that he was going to uh, open things back up. And I know you know there's a lot of interest in a, in a guy, six five senior who can really shoot the ball, and there's going to be a lot of interest in him. And and I'm curious to see you know what level this ends up being. I, I think there's going to be some power five, you know, big big time schools who are going to be interested in him. Or will he follow Ron Hunter to Tulane, or you know? What? Hey, I love Tulane. Both my parents graduated from Tulane. Uh, I was I was close to going there, but I hate humidity. Being from South Florida, so I decided <laughs> it wasn't for me. But Tulane be a good spot for him. Um, it's a step up from Georgia State. I also lived in Atlanta, so Atlanta has a soft spot in my heart too. I prefer Atlanta over New Orleans, if we're being perfectly honest, because New Orleans is filthy. But uh, but no, I th- I think that'd be a good step up. But I mean, Jalen Wyndham, you're right. He can he can shoot the ball. There's a lot of need for for shooting, especially if you look at some of the teams in this state. Yeah. Um, but and and Dewan Jones might have gotten a lot of the headlines um, because of just the uniqueness of him being a six eight offensive tackle who was Marion County Basketball Player of the Year and he's mm-hmm. going to play football at Ohio State. But Jalen Wyndham is a winner. I mean, you look, he was on that team as a sophomore in 2017 and was a contributor. Gets them back to the state finals this year, so he is a winner. He's a kid who knows what to do. You know, and he, I'm. I just I don't have anything bad to say about Jalen Wyndham. I think he's a really good kid, and I hope he found I hope he lands in a great spot. Yeah, I think he will. He he even on that soft when he was a sophomore on that team, he led the team in scoring uh, in the state finals that year against uh, Fort Wayne Northside in a really close game. And he was more of just a I would say you know sort of a three point shooter. I think the majority of his points that year, and he, and still he is he's pretty much known as a three point shooter. But I thought he showed some some leadership you know throughout the tournament. Uh, even late in that game against Carmel, he he. There was times he could have just jacked up a shot. I remember a great pass he made to Cameron Mall in the corner, and, and he knocked down a three. And and it was kind of a situation where he could have taken a hero shot and didn't do that. Uh, so I think he showed a lot of maturity, you know, throughout the tournament. And and I think he's going to have a lot of options here. And then another kid, you bring up that we talked about that LC game. They beat him in the regional, and uh, and and Jalen Windham and his team moved on. Uh, the the losing team in that game was Lawrence Central, and they ended up with three players on our second team for the super team, and uh, two of them uh, they had lost their coach uh, here just here recently. Jake Laravia was headed to Southern Illinois Edwards Edwardsville, and that coaching situation opened up. He's decided to open up his recruitment, and then uh, just yesterday, DeAndre Davis. Uh, his coach Tim Miles at Nebraska, one of the uh, nicest guys in the Big Ten. Yeah, funny guy. Um, but uh, they, Nebraska has opened up that situation. Uh, Davis hasn't officially uh, opened up his recruitment, but you have to think uh, that that probably will be coming, depending on who the new coach is there. You know a little bit something about Nebraska, too. Do you want to tell everyone how, how much you enjoy Nebraska? Or do you just like Nebraska football, not Nebraska basketball? No, I grew up there. My parents are actually season ticket holders for basketball. Okay. So I every year I go back. I was actually the day he committed to uh, uh, Nebraska – it was a Minnesota football game, and I happened to be back over fall break at the same game he was at. So kind of an odd uh, situation there. But but So yeah. unofficially your favorite player in the area is Dre Davis, <laughs> is what you're saying. Nebraska has a very checkered uh, basketball history, but there is a great fan base there. And if you know, if he likes the school, it, it's. I think it also depends – um, you know what happens coaching wise. You know they're they're saying Fred Hoiberg is likely to get hired there, and I think he would be an attractive coach for a lot of you know a lot of players. NBA, yeah, yeah he got NBA background and and he's won at a at a pretty high level. Michael Lewis though, he's the he was an assistant who was the lead recruiter for Davis, 
And, you know, I don't know what his plans are necessarily. He has Indiana ties. He's recruited. Uh, he was at Butler, of course, before he went to Nebraska. So there's a connection to Indiana there that got Davis. He's also a former Indiana point guard. Yes, he is. Yeah. And, and there's some questions about whether, you know, what his next job will be. And if he's, if, you know, he may get a head coaching job somewhere, who knows. But if he ends up staying on staff somehow with Hoiberg, you know, maybe he does stay there. But so we got three, basically three of our top players in the area, um, you know, had coaching changes. And, and I think LaRavia was as consistent as any player. He made a huge jump, you know, junior to senior year. He's six foot eight. And he, at the next level, um, I think he's going to be probably a shooter uh, for, for the most part. But he's also athletic and he's really, you know, improved his athleticism. Did he use those shoes? That he you did. Said? Those, those, uh, those shoes yeah. that I used to see in East Bay that yeah. I was like, man, I'm 5'5", five five, and if I use these shoes, I can jump. You know, I can I can maybe grab the net if I was able to jump. Now, but, if you were only 6'8", you know, might have taken you a little bit farther. Yeah, I would have touched the top of the backboard maybe. <laughs> but, yeah, he he, uh, he definitely came along. You know, I think he only averaged about 5.3 points a game last year, and this year is up to around 17. And he had a great season. Didn't have a great game against Ben Davis. was probably his worst game of the season. Uh, but I think throughout the year he's proved he can he can be a, a high level player. Purdue has shown some interest in him as a preferred walk on or as a scholarship. Well, you know? I think they're still you know obviously they're still in their tournament run, so they're going to come watch him some more. Missouri's coming in to watch him. Uh, Indiana State has already offered him, and they're going to get him on campus for an official visit. And I think that'd be a that'd be a fantastic get for uh, Indiana State. You, know, you remember back. You know, at one point, Indiana State had Brian McIntosh committed there. And, and, you know, you think back to some of those recruiting situations that could have changed, you know, what would that have done for Indiana State? You know, I mean, I, I was, they've only been in the tournament in Greg Langston's first year, right? And haven't been since? They were in there in, uh, gosh, what was that year? It was 2010 or 11. Uh, I think it was 2011. They were they were there. They won the uh, Missouri Valley tournament. Uh, Is that with Jake Odom? Yeah, yeah. over uh, – over Missouri State, which I was actually there oh, in St. Louis yeah, to watch Missouri that, State. my alma mater. Yeah, but, no, he made the they made the NCAA tournament his first year at Indiana State, and haven't, I mean, they haven't had a winning record uh, since 2014. Yeah, they've kind of come on some hard times here, but you know, and Brian McIntosh, how much would he have changed? You know, the in the Valley, I mean, heck, IU could have used him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was the leading assist getter in the Big Ten for Northwestern for years, wasn't he? Yeah, and you think back to you know now. You know, what does a player like Laravia do if, you know, if he goes to Indian State or what happens to Wyndham and how kind of these things that happen in a short amount of time that maybe seem, you know, not that important at the time, but change the course of coaching futures and, and program futures. And, um, you know, so that's why this stuff, I've always been kind of fascinated by recruiting and, and what happens with recruiting and uh, really interesting, I think, what will happen with those three guys, especially Wyndham and LaRavia. Davis still has – he's only a junior, so he has another year of, of high school ball still. And When you see all this change, especially so so late in the game, you know, you had written an article two weeks before the SIUE coach was fired saying, you know, a lot of people, what happens if Jake LaRavia wasn't signed to go to Southern Illinois Edwardsville? You know, what kind of offers would he get? What kind of interest would he get? Well, now we're going to find out. Yeah. Now we're finding out. But for some of these guys, you know, in the in the classes coming up, will they maybe wait longer than this? You know, wait to I know I know no one wants to wait until I guess April to figure out where they're going for college. Even people who aren't in athletics, um, you want to know where you're going to college in a couple months, right? But it's there seems to be some advantages at this point because 
Now look at look at the schools that are talking to him. You're talking about Purdue and Missouri coming in and look at a guy who is going to. I don't even know what conference SIUE is in. Do you? They're in the Ohio Valley, I believe. But they're only. Oh, in, that's not a bad conference. They're relatively new to Division One, and they have not had a winning record. I know Corey Wickwire from yes, Southport. Yes, Southport. Right? Yep, mm-hmm. yep. He went there. But yeah, that's a good point. I think actually we're seeing some of that now, uh, as far as kids waiting. You look at our super team, um, or as the 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 not the super the IBCA underclass team. And most of almost all those guys were not committed yet. And I think in the past maybe you've seen more kids committed at an early age, even on the national from a national level. I don't know if that has to do with, and that's kind of anecdotal. I'd have to dig into the numbers to to actually look at that more. Uh, but I think you do see kids wait a little bit longer now, and maybe I don't know if that what's the reason for that. If it's all the transfers, or you know, maybe they're waiting, holding out for a better offer. You know, I think that think about a guy like uh, Nigel Pack. I was know, just about and, to say, best player in the city, not committed. Nigel I mean, Pack. he's he's phenomenal. He's he's you look at his numbers, and that, just watching him was you know his his step up as a point guard was incredible, and. I would be really surprised if a high major offer doesn't come his way, you know, once we get into the spring and summer. But um, so a guy like that, I don't know if he, if he gets a, a Big Ten offer, will he jump on it right away? I don't I don't get the sense that that's the case necessarily where you might have seen that before. Um, but I do think there's an advantage. Definitely guys like LaRavia and Wyndham now. It almost becomes a situation where they're almost overvalued somewhat. Exactly. You know, because teams need like, teams are oh, desperate at this yeah, point. They I got mean, they have spots to fill or or they have a scholarship open up that they didn't anticipate open up. You know, a kid decide like Butler, do you think they thought that Joey Brunk was gonna leave? They might have, but they didn't recruit to it because they don't have anyone in the pipeline yet for that spot. So when especially the way the transfers are going, I mean, the transfer portal is all open. You got all these kids in it. Um, so yeah, they're wide open scholarships that people are like, well, I don't, what coach likes to just sit on a scholarship, right? You know, they all want to use them. I know Archie Miller says, I don't want to, I don't need to use all my scholarships. You want to use most of your scholarships. You don't want them just sitting there. Um, whether it's someone that you can stash for a red shirt year or just bring someone in who's going to help push your kids in practice. Um, so, well, I think there's a, I think there is a, I think Jake and Jalen both have to realize, you know, and I think they will, you know, what's my relationship with this program? Can I play, you know, am I going to be an impact guy at this level? And if not, you kind of need to know that going in. Um, you know, I think Jake with Indiana State, I mean, not just, you know, who I think he'd be a real impact player. You were player. pushing that. I feel like you were pushing that. <laughs> I mean, it seems like a really, it would be a good fit for him. But, but also, you know, maybe he wants to play at a higher level and there's nothing against, you know, if he has that opportunity, why not take a shot at it? Uh, so I, it's, it is interesting. I, it does happen a lot, though, in the spring where these guys get, oh, there's a grad transfer. This guy, you know, all of a sudden this guy's all world, you know, people think, or they have to have him. Yeah, I'm not I'm not big on the grad transfers. Yeah, I was talking with uh, Woodsy, David Woods, our Butler uh, insider earlier today about grad transfers. And if I'm a coach, I would much rather recruit a kid as a freshman and develop him than have to feel desperate and grab a grad transfer. And then I'm in the same position I was in last year. You know, if you look look at IU, for example, Evan Fitzner, Archie Miller knew he had no shooting on his team. So he went and got desperate and grabbed a guy who averaged or shot 40% from the three-point line. But if you actually look at his three years prior, he, his playing time decreased each year he was at St. Mary's. But Archie Miller was desperate. Well, now, because he didn't recruit a younger shooter as a freshman, he's in the same position he is in this year. He doesn't have anyone. You know, Armand Franklin can hit threes, but he's not a shooter per se. So now he's in the same position he, he was in last year. So does he go and grab another grad transfer to try to fill that hole, which he says is his number one priority this year is to fix that? 
or do you have someone that you can develop year of year over year? I mean, look at the Purdue model of how you build a program. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's that's how you do it. And I know they dipped into the grad transfer market too this year. Sure. With Evan Boudreaux, who's averaging mm-hmm. like 17 points at Dartmouth. Where's Evan Boudreaux right now? Right. He's buried on the bench. So I, I think people are get get all excited about these grad transfers, but when you actually look at it, how many of them are actually making a difference? I, I think Ryan Taylor was a leading scorer at the Missouri Valley Conference with Evansville last year. Mm-hmm. Goes to Northwestern. I didn't. I didn't hear Ryan Taylor too much this year at Northwestern, and that was a guy that most people said he would be an impact grad transfer. It's just not – I think people fall in love with the idea of look at the, how many points this guy scored at a lower level. It's going to translate to the bigger level. Level. It doesn't yeah. always happen that doesn't way. always happen. And that, that's a good point. And I, you know, Matt Painter, he's really had some good comments this year, I think, about you know program building and, and finding the right fit. And he went through a spell there where they weren't finding the right fit and had to kind of re – you know, kind of, you know, go back over kind of how they go about recruiting, and it, recruiting such a, you know, imperfect science. It's it's really interesting how you know teams end up fitting together. But you know, I think if you have, you know, this is who we are, you know, and that you know that that sort of a model. And I think Matt Painter has that by now. You know, kids who go to Purdue understand kind of what's expected of them. Um, you know, I think if you if you go by that philosophy, you're going to have a lot of success uh, in the long run. But, but yeah, I think it's it's this is always kind of a fascinating time of year uh, in the spring, just to see kind of where kids land. And uh, we also uh, wanted to touch on a uh, a walk on situation uh, with uh, with Zionsville's Nathan Childress as well. He's a really good player, um, really solid player. Um, Zinesville's second best player behind Isaiah Thompson, obviously, who's going to Purdue, going to be probably their point guard of the future, I would assume. Um, but Nathan Childress is a really solid player, and he's the type of player that you need, uh, you know, if you're in program. I mean, look at look at Grady Eifert and what he's done for mm-hmm. Purdue. And I'm not saying Nathan Childress is going to be a Grady Eifert, but what's to say he can't be? Um, he can shoot when called upon. He's a much better athlete than people want to give him credit for. I mean, I've seen him bang on kids, yeah. like go up and not be afraid to just throw down dunks, throw his body around for blocks. So he he's a guy who, give him four years, give him three, four years, could develop in. I mean, and as a preferred walk-on, IU sees something in him that says, all right, we definitely want you on our team. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think he's one of those players that you can develop. Um, you know, Zach McRoberts, look at the, the impact he made. Now, he wasn't healthy at all this year. I think he was playing with quite a, a serious back injury. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if you saw late in this season, even he was, you know, he put his head down as he was running up and down the court because you can tell he was laboring. But a player like that who's willing to do the dirty work, willing, and like, like Matt Painter said, um, I think his, his quote was two days ago when he was talking about Grady Eifert, these guys who – you know, no, they're not going to get their shots. They're going to set screens. They're going to rebound. They're going to play defense. You know, and they weren't recruited at a high level, so they don't have all that crap, as as he put it. They don't have people whispering in their ear how great they are. Right. They have a chip on their shoulder, and they want to do anything they can to help the program. And that's that's what Nathan told you. He goes, "I just want to help IU basketball." Yeah. Those are the type of kids you need in your program. Um, now, I, I know, like you look at the walk-ons besides Zach McRoberts that that IU had. Not a lot of those guys are going to help besides. The GPA, and I think all those walk-ons were academic All Big Ten this year. They better I, be. I think they. I think they were. <laughs> so, but you want kids who are going to push your kids in practice, but then also when they're juniors and seniors, they can show the freshmen this is how we do it. But also, they might be able to contribute. Like I don't think anyone anticipated Grady Eifert being what he has oh, been no, for this yeah. year's team. 
but he's indispensable. He is an indispensable player for that team who averages maybe four points a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, so those those types, that's what you can get from a preferred walk-on and a kid who's going to grind and make sure that you, his team is as good as it can be. Yeah, and I talked to Nathan about that. I was like, you know, what if you get there and, you know, you're not playing? And he's like, you know, he basically said, you know, I'm there to help our team get better, you know, help IU basketball get better. And so he goes in with his eyes open. I mean, he knows – the odds are stacked against a preferred walk-on of being a, a, a serious, uh, you know, rotation type of player. But I would say with him, you know, he's six foot six. Like you said, he, he's he's really athletic. I, I would say that's actually the the biggest positive of his game is his overall athleticism. Like he he will make some plays where he'll just rise up and, and dunk on you, and that's you know that's always been his kind of his thing. Or he'll go up for a tip dunk and 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 knock it down his shooting has really from last year to this year he's become a lot better three-point shooter and and he will step out and shoot more where that wasn't really part of his game before Uh, so that that will need to keep developing you know for him probably to to you know at six foot six to be a a player in the big 10 level but I I really do think this is a really uh important thing for and I think you're getting a kid who knows what he's getting into he was kind of overlooked because he had two injuries the last two years where he couldn't really get seen in front of college coaches, uh, kind of just an unfortunate uh, luck of the draw type thing, uh, which may end up helping IU in the long run here. But uh, So he's committed to, to Bethel, uh, decided to open things up, and then Bethel's coaching situation changed as well, so it almost made it even more obvious for him to, to look elsewhere. Uh, so Nathan Childress headed to uh, IU as a preferred walk-on, and uh, I think that's a you know you kind of touched on it enough there, but I think that's a good a really good situation uh, on both ends, and also you know had a chance to see you know a little bit of Trace Jackson Davis last night in the McDonald's All-American game. Um, you know I would say Matt at this point it seems like he's pretty much a foregone conclusion to win Mr. Basketball. I would I would think. I mean they made a it's the only second time in program history they made it to the um, uh, to the semi-state they won the regional and three years in a row he's got that team out of sectional it's not the toughest sectional in the world but they have to battle teams that know him really well and they barely got out of it this year but then they that were franklin able, game was yeah. pretty dicey for them <laughs> it was pretty, gonna, and gonna if they would have lost you know who knows but but some of the other guys lost along the way armand franklin had a great year but they ended up losing in that super tough sectional so they don't make it you know beyond that Beyond that, first Though night voters, of the tournament. Voters for Mr. Basketball. Armand Franklin's a known commodity. Just, you know, if Senator Grove had lost that game to Franklin, Trace Jackson Davis is a known commodity to the voters of the state. But I do get what you're saying that, you know, state state yeah. title runs, state tournament runs, you know, raise the profile and definitely help. Um, but, I mean, Armand Franklin, I mean, what, what did he score in his last game? It was 30-something? I mean, yeah. he, he almost single-handedly pushed them, in, you know, through that tough sectional. Um, I know in the Franklin game, Trace Jackson Davis, I think, took over in overtime. And then mm-hmm. against Bloomington South, I think, what, he scored 40 points 40, against Bloomington yeah. South? So, mm-hmm. I mean. To me, that was the game that Price sewed it that, up that, for the most part. And some of these other, you know, some of the other guys, you know, I think John Michael Malloy um, just probably doesn't have the overall numbers it would take. I have know? a question about John Michael Malloy. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mental Attitude Award winner, doesn't it usually go to the losing team? Someone Not necessarily. Team? Okay. Not necessarily. Okay. Someone asked that before, too. It's I've seen it. It seems like anecdotally it mostly does, but I have seen it come from the winning team. Did Kyle Kastner win it for Ben Davis when they won? Oh, gosh, good question. I'm pretty sure he did. He would have. Yeah. Pretty sure he did. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean he to get you on. A, yeah, I, I didn't mean to get you on. A, <laughs> is that another redhead? Was Kastner a redhead? No, no. Okay, no. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, what was it? So you're talking about John Michael Malloy and I. Yeah, we're going through some of the other possible contenders, and, and Isaiah Thompson, I you know had had great numbers, over 2,100 career points, and they won sectional twice in a row. But then they got beat pretty handily by Carmel in the regional final. Um, is John Michael Malloy? Is he is his case hurt by the fact that there's such a balanced team? I think so. Yeah, and probably not fair. Yeah, he's more about. You know, not to say these other guys aren't, but but they did have other web. They had about five, you know, what four they're, guys. They're starting five, and then you yeah. talk about we haven't even talked. We were going through all the guys on their team. You didn't mention Pete Suter, the guy who led yeah. him in scoring in the state championship game. Who's a freshman? That guy's going to be a problem for a few years. Yeah, he's going to be real good. I mean, they they've got a lot of turnover. I think where they started four seniors. Yeah, yeah. So they got a lot of turnover, but he was he, he he's was a really guy impressive. who again he just kind of knows how to play. You know, he's in the right place at the right time. I wonder too. You know, getting back to the. I wonder if Dewan Jones will get some get some love from voters. Just you know, he's one of my favorite players to watch. Yeah, I mean, he makes an impression just watching him. And and you know, I, I put this in the A to Z column, but you watch him. I think I did anyway. But you watch him right after the buzzer, and you know, here's a kid who's futures football, but you could tell how much he loves basketball. Well, he's an Indiana kid. I mean, he just he he loves basketball. Right? Doesn't David Bell like basketball more than he oh, likes yeah. football? Oh, uh, maybe. Uh, okay, sorry, Jeff Brown. I didn't say that. <laughs> I, I, he, he clearly likes basketball, but uh, but yeah, Dewan. You know, he, he's a he's a guy who you know he thought at one point he might commit for basketball, and, and then he got all these other football. That's right. Ball offers. State was in on him for basketball. Yeah, for Kent State, correctly. Ball State, Cleveland State. Um, you know, had some Mac. You know, a lot of Mac offers, and I you know, in, a, in a alternative world, I'd love to see how far he could take it in basketball. He'd have to probably lose you know some weight you know to get up and down the floor at that level, but. Uh, but man, he was he was fun to watch. My father in law texted me. He was watching the game. And he's like, "This is this guy's like my yeah. favorite player to watch. This guy's awesome. He's he's just dominating." Yeah. I go, "Yeah, I mean he he really dominated at the regional, if I'm not mistaken, against Avon. Did they play Avon and New Pal, or did they play? They beat uh, New Pal in the final. They beat uh, uh, LC. In LC. The yeah, he uh, he dominated against you know in those two games. So yeah. he fell on top of Spencer Piercefield at the semi state and. The whole crowd, the seven thousand people, kind of all together. Whoa! So, but uh, luckily Spencer got back to his feet and wasn't permanently embedded in the in the floor at the Hatchet House. We had some good video of him and John Michael Malloy tangled up, um, and they both fell yeah, to the ground. Yeah, that was the pretty, Carmel. Yeah, yeah that was Carmel. pretty funny. Pretty yeah. funny moment. But if he gets you on the block, he's pretty much you're pretty much done dealing. But so I don't know if if maybe he'll get some support from people who saw him play. His numbers. Uh, we're good. They weren't, you know, I think about 18 and nine, uh, per game. Uh, so, so really good. He shot 72% from the field, which, you know, most of his shots are right around the basket, right, right but there. still, yeah. I mean, who's going to stop him from getting to the basket. <laughs> I remember yeah. in sectional against Pike, the last, you know, I think the ball game was tied inbounds play. Who are you going to, you know, you're going straight to Dewan Jones. Pike knew it. Couldn't stop it. He scores. They win the game. Yeah. You know, and they move on. The question with Dewan was always foul trouble and he, he did a really good job. And I thought Don Carlisle, uh, also did a good job of kind of getting him out when he, you know, he'd get pick up a foul, get him out, you know, and then kind of be able to get him back in. And again, Center Grove, he was in foul trouble, and they were able to kind of stay ahead of Center Grove when even when he went out, which was a huge part of that game. But, uh, but yeah, I, so just you know, I don't know if he'll get enough support to to really get his name up there as a finalist, but I think he'll get some some votes. But anyone outside the area, I'd I say mean, Brandon Newman will get quite a bit yeah. from the from the region. They um, were hurt by not making a deep tournament run. Yeah. I feel like he would have been especially if if you're not from the Indianapolis if you're not a player from the Indianapolis area, you really need to show out when it comes to the state tournament, yeah. I feel like, just to make sure that people 
you know, the name recognition is there. I mean, he obviously he's a Purdue recruit, so people know how good he is. He's played down in Indianapolis a few times. Valpo's come down for some of the holiday tournaments and whatnot. They played the Hall Newcastle, Classic. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he he is he's a really impressive physical specimen when you watch him play. I mean, he he looks like he wants to hurt the rim sometimes. Can defend. I've can seen shoot. him. I, I've seen him jump over players yeah. after he blocks their shot. You know, literally jumps over them. Um, but I, I, I think he was someone who was probably hurt by Valpo not getting out. I, they didn't get out of their sectional. No, they? He, he never did. Yeah. And I think that'll end up hurting him. You know, and I thought he I'm was, just glad he came back for his senior year to yeah. play high school basketball here. Definitely. Be close to home and not have to go the prep school route like yeah. he had intended. And I talked to Kuhlman this summer about that. And I think because the way he handled that, he didn't, he didn't go out and just blast the kid for leaving. He was very, he has a close relationship with, with Brandon. So that helped. And he was, you know, he said Brandon was crying on his shoulder when he told him. And, and so I think they kept that relationship solid and that allowed Brandon to come back. And there was obviously some family uh, issues too. Uh, that made him want to come back, but I, he left that door open for him, and now he's going to have a chance to be an Indiana All Star. All that stuff matters, I think, uh, in the long run. And it matters to Purdue fans to have just as many Indiana All Stars as IU has. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it always that that and they will. It'll matters. be Isaiah, Brandon Newman, and Armand, and Trace Jackson Davis. Yeah. So yeah, and those are and Armand and Isaiah are close, and and there's good relationships all through for all those guys. And that don't that, you like it when the in-state kids stay in-state? I know everyone likes it, but. For these guys, they're going to be playing against each other for four years in college, and it's just. And I think Purdue's entire class is in state. Mason Gillis is another player yeah, who would have. Didn't play I mean, state. imagine what Newcastle would have done if Gillis was healthy this year yeah. with Luke Bumbleo. And did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Nice. And Bumbleo is going to Ball State. He's another guy who's hell of a football player too. In state, yeah, yeah. great athlete, great shooter. Do you think he gets consideration? I, think I was going to say, I think he'll get some support. I think uh, you know other guys. He had a, he averaged like thirty something a game. Uh, again, you know, it. Always, I think it always helps when you make a little bit farther run. And they didn't get too far. Uh, Delta ended up coming out of that. Who, who was undefeated at the right. time? So right. let's let's give Delta a little <laughs> bit of credit there. I am giving him credit, okay. and then. Uh, from the south, maybe Kobe Barnes from Floyd Central, but again, you know, I, it looked like they were going to make a make it farther than they ended up making it. Lost in the sectional, um, and I thought Alex Hemingway, if they would have made it farther, you know, they got they got beaten in the sectional too. So it was almost all these other contenders were beaten relatively early in the tournament. So I can I think if there's any question about Trace, I think maybe that helped his cause, maybe put him over the top. It also helps being the only McDonald's All American from the, it does from the state. That kind of gives Gatorade you a, Player of the Year. Right. I mean, people hate to admit it, but he's going IU, and that that helps with some of the voters around the state. It just yeah has in the past. So I think if you're going to IU or Purdue, I mean, that's probably a good you know it gives you a little bit of a, a one up on some of the others. Whether if that's fair or not, I don't know that it is. It's, but, it's not fair, right? <laughs> it is not fair. Kyle. Nothing's fair. No, nothing never fair. is. Um, and then just to kind of uh, recap the state finals, just briefly, I thought. Uh, it was a really good day. I was really impressed with Caleb First, uh, the, the sophomore in the early game Definitely. for, for Blackhawk Christian. I didn't know how elusive he was, like how nimble he was. Yeah, I just you know you see six eight, six nine, um, but he he can move. Like he brought the ball up a couple times on a fast break and dished it off to the side and just kept running to the rim. He is. Well, I'm sure you remember my story on him in the top 100 last summer. Yeah, no, he, I do. Yeah, we had pictures of him in a yellow T-shirt. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, no, but I. Watching him there, I was like, man, this kid, he was beating everybody down the floor. I yeah. mean, he just hustling down the floor. And, and for- he's the tallest kid on the on the court and beating them all. And he's not rail thin. He's got no. some He's got some meat to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, if he stays all four years in, at an Indiana high school, he's probably your 2021 Mr. Basketball. Yeah, he's really – I mean, 
that class is really good. It's loaded. I mean, yeah. Christian oh, Lander Christian Lander. From, yeah, I can't forget about right. him. So, I mean, he'll be he'll be right up there. So I first is getting heavy Purdue interest, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. I think they're they might be the ones who are heaviest on him right now. They're always uh, tough out of Fort Wayne. Purdue is, and, and I think you know they're right there with first. But I was really impressed. I th- and Frankie Davidson, who's going to U Indy, man, he you talk about Division two. Player, you know, playing at that level, I think he's going to be really good for them. With Jesse Bingham at you going Jesse UND Bingham. from Warren Central, that's a yeah. nice, it's a nice little recruiting class there for Stan. Yeah, yeah Bingham is a really good player too. So I, those are guys who I think can help you right from the get go at UND. So uh, I thought they were they were good. Bar Reeve was just I thought a little bit overmatched physically against first, especially defensively. Well, that's not just, fair. But I mean, that's you're looking at a high major D one recruit against a team that doesn't. You know, it doesn't have anyone going D1, obviously, right. and maybe a handful of D2, D3 kids. So Right. I mean, but I think good for them that they now get to stay 1A. You know, Bar Reeb is a 1A. They're a 1A school, you know, and, and, and Blackhawk will move up to 2A. And they'll lose a lot, but with, with first, I think they'll be pretty tough again in 2A. Uh, I was really impressed with uh, uh, the Silver Creek team, too, with uh, Trey Kaufman, uh, Cooper Jacoby. Those that was were, a crazy game, by the way. That was crazy. That was a nuts yeah. game. <laughs> That was that was weird. It was uh, you know the, the the scoring finally picked up a little bit, but a tough defensive game and um, and Britton Watts, Ethan Britton Watts from Culver Academy. Um, to me, you know, I, he has a good case for Indian All Star. I think and going to Boston University, he's a D one guy, but he was really tough. I thought he was he played really well in that game. Uh, They've got though, a really good team. I mean, Deontay did. Craig is going to play yeah. football probably at the next level. Um, but Trey Galloway is yeah. probably going to be one of the most sought after juniors in the class next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and I know he's got Purdue interest, some IU interest, uh, but yeah, no, he's the coach's son, but he's a good player. I don't think he had his best game. No, in he that didn't game. shoot very well. Uh, well kind of struggled, uh, from the free throw line too. That, that team kind of struggled making their free throws ended up hurting them, but uh, Silver Creek did too. I think they were. Yeah, no, I think that was the worst free throw <laughs> shooting game I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Asked Jason Willie. He said they didn't have, uh, uh, records, but had to be one of the worst free throw shooting games. But I, Trey Kaufman didn't score a lot in that game, uh, but I thought Mark Galloway said some good things about him as far as you know they he just being a, a presence for them, and I think he'll be a guy to, to watch on a, on the Division One level. Uh, Cooper Jacoby was actually offered by Indiana State too um, after after that tournament. Is so. he a junior or senior? Junior. He's a he's a sophomore. Sophomore. Uh, Cooper okay. Jacoby is so he'll be a guy to watch too. So that that Silver Creek team. Uh, could be making some noise, you know, in coming years too. So uh, overall, thought Linton Stockton kind of let the game get away against uh, Andrean, yeah. in, against Andrean that two A game, and again a sophomore uh, Kyle Ross for Andrean, uh, intriguing player as well, and and I think he'll be a guy at the at Division One level to watch. Lincoln Hale, another sophomore for Linton Stockton. Uh, was coming off a back injury. I don't think he was quite a hundred percent, but uh, he'll be another guy to watch too. So a lot of a lot of sophomores, I thought. Uh, in those uh, first three games, uh, r- really showed out, and then of course the freshman Pete Suter in the in the championship game, so in the four A game, so um, you know a lot of underclassmen shining in the in the state finals. I think you wrote about that. I did. So. I know because I read it. <laughs> but our listeners haven't heard it f- coming from us directly. So, uh, but yeah, I thought you know that was overall a good uh, into the state finals, and then of course uh, the Hall of Fame came out with their teams for next year. Uh, for the Hall of Fame Classic in Lawrence Central, no surprise. I think they'll be the uh, probably the favorite to to win state next year, and so uh, good luck to. Alabama. I mean, they have two junior Indiana All Stars. Yeah, so they do. They lose Laravia in 
and also Wesley Jordan, who was a he was a guy who was early on in his career as a freshman. He was getting IU, Michigan were coming out to look at him and could just never stay healthy. Uh, had a bad knee injury, but uh, hopefully he he has a good top sixty and has some good uh, opportunities in some of these senior unsigned senior events and gets a chance to play somewhere because I really think he can. But uh, Lawrence Central will be uh, with those two guys coming back. Definitely a, a team. Uh, that, that could be the state championship contender next year. Uh, you talked about a little bit about transfers. Um, any idea where Kevin Easley's looking? Yeah, yeah. He's hopefully I get some more information on that uh, even today. But I know he's going to have. He had a great freshman year. Yeah, SoCon yeah. freshman of the year. Yeah, Chattanooga. Um, the mocks. The mocks. I remember because they beat Illinois. I think in the first round of the NCAA tournament many many moons ago when yeah. I was a University of Illinois stan. They were calling a. I think they're called just Chattanooga now, but it used to be yeah, Tennessee. UT, yeah, yeah, UT Chattanooga. So, yeah, he's... Johnny Taylor was on that team, ended up in the NBA. Yeah, I remember it quite a bit. <laughs> I'm sure they'll have some options. Uh, hope, like I said, hopefully get some more information on that. But, uh, again, he's a guy, if you remember back, like freshman year. When he was a freshman, yeah. he was. Uh, he, I mean, he mm-hmm. was... People knew about him right away and uh, probably didn't develop as a shooter uh, that much in high school, but... but like I said, went out and I think he averaged over 13 a game as a freshman in college. So and six boards or something six, like that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he'll have some good options too. I'm glad you brought that up because he's another one that'll be out there uh, on the transfer market. And folks are going to start to want to uh, monitor Alabama A&M. They have two local kids from the super team. Jalen right. Johnson uh, from Manuel and uh, Cameron Alford from uh, Brownsburg, and they both went on their official visit together. Uh, Jalen had already committed, and then uh, Cam went down there the same weekend and ended up committing there and and uh, so yeah they'll have two guys uh down there and i think a good opportunity for for both of them uh maybe two guys who are you know somewhat under the radar uh but man jalen johnson just a physical specimen and cameron alford is too for a guy who's uh he's fun to watch yeah he, for four years he was fun to watch a guy who could get in the middle of a defense and and use his physicality to score he's gonna have to his shot's gonna have to continue to improve but but really had a good four-year career at Brownsburg that uh, I know for him and the Bulldogs ended a little shorter than they wanted it to with that loss to Plainfield. But uh, I think a good opportunity for him uh, to play Division One basketball. You got anything else? No, let's uh, let's let's end it there and you let you go pick up your mom. And, yeah, I'm picking up my mom at the airport, so and she, I'll start watching what I have to watch. Baseball, Sopranos, The Wire. Oh well, the, yeah. That, I mean, we could have done a whole podcast <laughs> on the things that you've missed out. So Kyle has never seen an episode of The Wire. Okay, which is supposed to be like sports journalist 101. Like yeah. every sports journalist tweets about the wire. Um, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. That's a bad. I, I should. I know that I like is, it. That I is a I, great one. That is a I fantastic like. show. What was the uh, Sopranos you said you haven't yeah. seen either? Which I think is a product of just not have. Was it on HBO? It was on HBO. So okay. you didn't have HBO and yeah. they didn't have like HBO Go back in the day where you could pirate off, you know, your parents were paying for it so you can watch it on your computer or <laughs> stuff like that. I don't pay for HBO Go. I use my in laws HBO Go. He's but my I, sister. I am in the Ozark now. Almost, that was good. That was I lived good. in those. I used to live in those. Oh, so, so a little. Yeah. But uh, no, Ozark. The first episode of Ozark in the first season grips you. You're yeah. like, oh, I've never seen anything like that before. I'm going to watch the second one. Yeah. It, it was good, but it's not. It's not even close to Sopranos. It's not even close to The Wire. It's not even co- close to Breaking Bad. I would have to rank Wire, Breaking Bad, then Sopranos, and those three. Um, but then, I mean, there's so many other good shows that you missed out on. Yeah, you probably haven't seen Sons of Anarchy. Either. No, oh, never seen Sons of Anarchy. Geez. Never you... seen uh, Deadwood either. Deadwood's good. Deadwood's good. good. I uh, when when my kid was born, he's now one years old or four, fourteen months. When I would have to feed him in the middle of the night, um, the bottle, I would bring out my laptop and rewatch Deadwood. So his <laughs> vocabulary is going to be quite. 
colorful to, to say the least. Well, living with you, it might be anyway. That's colorful. true. I curse a lot, yeah. um, so I was. I'm you, glad you I made had, it through this podcast. I did. I did. I know it's pretty good. No, I got some work to do. I'm a creature of habit. I watch sports. Uh, um, I watch uh, your your day job is sports, though. I know. So get a release. Like but people then the say, NBA like playoffs start, and all I do is watch for 40 days. I watch NBA playoffs. <sighs> And people always ask, what books do you read? I don't read books. I read all day at work. Why you know do I want good, to read at home? The USFL book I'm reading right now by Jeff Perlman oh, yeah. is really good. I don't like to read. Well. I read at work all day. I don't want to read a book. <laughs> I want to sit in front of a TV and be just completely numbed by awesome TV stuff. Like The Wire. But yeah, I, The I, Wire's great. I was, surprised, I was surprised how uh, much feedback I got on that. Well, neg- neg- I saw a lot of people, though, who said the same thing. Like, I haven't seen any of that stuff. I Like, how? Yeah. How have you gone this long without seeing these shows? <laughs> Like I didn't watch The Wire live when it was out because I didn't have HBO, but I went back and watched. It is, it holds up. It is fantastic. There's one whole season about newspapers, so yeah. it hits a little bit close to home on some of the stuff that we're going through, um, the, the difficulties of the industry. But you know, The Wire was fantastic. I almost See, cursed. If I, if I get into these shows, I'll, I'll watch them. But it's just a matter. And what's of and what's wrong with that? I gotta get the ball rolling. On. I, I just have. Well, that's what winter is for. It's commitment. Yeah, but that's what winter is for. We, we're true. we're prisoners inside our own home because it's negative twenty with a windshield out. Watch watch some shows. Yeah, uh, you do have two young kids, so you probably have to entertain. But can't they just go downstairs and play video games? They're always watching NBA with me a lot of times. Yeah, so. Well, then, so it's family bonding. I guess yeah. I can't hate on that. Yeah. So anyway, I'll, right. I'll I'll pick that up now that I got a little bit of. Please. Now the basketball's over, I'll yeah. commit to something. Please. So. Well, now the Pacers start for you. Yeah. That's so, true. That but, might not last. Yeah, I mean, it suck. It stinks that uh, they can't get to that three spot and get a first round series against Brooklyn. But I mean, they've they've maximized what the season oh, can definitely. be. I mean, without definitely. I was talking with Nat Newell, who's our Pacers editor, and I think I think I think most Pacers fans are just like, all right, can we get to next season already? Can we get Vic back and just yeah start over? But, but enjoy this ride. Because it, it it really is unfortunate because they've built this team as well as they can build it. In in a mark in a small market like this, they have built this. You know, Kevin Pritchard did everything he could to make sure that this team had everything it needed to succeed this year. Um, and it's just it's it's a shame on what happened with Vic because now there's obviously a ceiling for them, and it's not going to be what you know because the East is kind of open. It is, and that's the thing too is you, you get in, you're at, you're if you're in, well, you, you know, not, but not without Vic. Well, yeah, though Bogdanovich yeah. is. But that's that's for a different podcast because this is yeah. about high school sports, and I'm talking about a Croatian sharpshooter. Let's who's wrap gonna it make... up. Go go go! Pick up your mom, and uh, thanks yeah. for coming on our uh, preps podcast. Do you want me to say what it really is called? <laughs> getting ahead with K Ned. Yeah, well, well, you have to cut that part out. What? No, getting ahead with K Ned. <laughs> All right. Well, he's Kyle Nedrip. I am Macklinesque. This has been the Indie Star Preps Podcast. That is a fantastically creative name, Kyle. <laughs> Thank you. All righty. Bye.